0: Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to
1: tell Tell your your story. story. So we talked about this a little bit in our hallucinatory terrain uh, episode last time. But what is battlefield control and how can you use it too? Yeah. So when people think
0: about wizards, they normally think about damage, right? They're thinking Mm -hmm. the fireballs. They're thinking like rays. They're thinking... Um, things like that. What I want to talk about is the other type of battlefield spells, They're the type of spells that most people don't think about. They think about them, but they don't think about how they can use them. So most, um, well, so for a wall, a wall of fire, wall of stone, wall of force, wall, wind wall even, mm-hmm. these are all battlefield control spells. So even a wind wall, which doesn't like prevent some creatures from walking through it, it slows them way down and it prevents arrows and other kind, projectile weapons from flying through it. yeah so if I was going to go up against a bunch of archers, um, a wind wall like 10 feet above my position while not directly in front of me would be very helpful for anybody fighting next to me because we're yeah. not going to get pelted by arrows unless they shoot directly and if it's uh, if you're 400 feet away, a good DM worth their salts like, well there's no way you're shooting straight. For four hundred feet, you're arcing it.
1: You're arcing it,
0: which means that that wind wall now is blocking. Yep. that you from being hit. Which
1: the wind wall is, in terms of like an an on like a full on battle, a wind wall or two could stop a volley. Yeah, for minutes. I mean, depending on how long the spell is, which I is an, up the spell, which but. wind wall, e- even if it's only for a round, and you just time it right for their volley. Yeah, how many hundreds of troops are your are you saving on your side now and we have to have the conversation of a lot of battles. is just a numbers game at, at a certain point. Well, and even if you save them all, let's
0: just say 1d6 of damage, that's still 1d6 of damage that they can take later. Mm-hmm. So a wind wall is impressive. A fire wall, wall of fire is even better for battlefield control because you're not going to come through it. If you get close to it, you take damage. If you go through it, you literally take a ton of damage. So most people are going to walk around said wall of fire. So if I drop a wall of fire in front of some of my more weaker guys that can be hurt you're going to walk around that Mm -hmm. it means that now only range people are going to be attacking through that that wall of fire where melee fighters are maybe walk around but if i'm in a room like a dungeon yeah i could stretch that wall from wall to wall yep and the only way through it is to fly over yep and if you're what fifth sixth level or less or even some higher you're probably not going to fly over that wall so yeah your melee fighters have a choice Mm-hmm. I mean, am I going to take, like, let's say, let's say it's 2d6 damage of fire or whatever. Am I going to take that damage to walk through the wall? Yes or no, which is fine. Wall a force is even worse. You're not getting through it without mm-hmm. a certain other spells. So a wall is an easy thing to talk about. But let's talk about an entanglement spell or a grease spell. Or a Vard's Black Tentacles. A Vard's Black Tentacles are great, too. So a grease spell is simple. It just means anybody walking on it has to make a balance check. But that balance check is huge. It stops a lot of fast movement and it stops people from wanting to go through it. Entanglement could in basically result in people getting caught, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that their, their movement stopped and the fighter or whatever can't get to you. Perfect. A Black Tentacles is even worse. It's a like a 20-foot cube and these things start to grapple and do damage on things. And they're really hard to see over because they reach up 10 feet in the air. So again, really good way of just placing it in a certain area. Now think about it in terms of, and tomorrow we're going to talk about like creating a big, bad cool room, but think about battlefield control spells in terms of also laying traps. Mm-hmm. So can you create a battlefield control spell configuration where you're piping your players as a, it's a trap into a trap, right? So cue like Akbar twice, uh, <laughs> you know? Colonel Ackbar from Star Wars, if you're not understanding the reference. Anyway, um, because what you could do is you could filter the melee players to run away from certain walls or to go through certain areas. But to go through that area then triggers a trap, a pressure plate, a spike fall trap, a needle trap, uh, another Mm -hmm. maybe even a fireball or a a stone wall type of thing. Where it's like the easiest path actually costs them the most damage um, because that's what you planned on them doing. Right. They would have been better off maybe walking through your fire wall because that was actually less damage if they, you know, but you gave them a clear, easy shot at you. And when they took it, really bad things happened to them. So think about in terms of spells, what spell you can do. So then you have, OK, so we have talked about walls, which are a great one. We talked about area effect spells that prevent people from moving through or getting caught or maybe getting damaged on the way through. There's another type of spell, which is called a lockdown spell. So this is your banishment, your sleep, your fear, your charm person. Your eye bite, things your like that. dominates, where you now lock a single character down for a duration um, if it works. Um, and for certain things like a dominate, it's even worse. Because with the dominate, if you dominate a fighting character, you can have them go now against their own party. There's nothing they can do about it. Granted, they'll have another saving throw to try to not do something about it. but And they'll get some every time they get hit or something like that. But the point is, taking the Barbarian and forcing him to go fight the Wizard, even if he never actually lands a shot, you've still taken him out for two full rounds. One round where you took him, one round for him to go try to do the thing, and then that then he comes and out of it.
1: Also, the Wizard's not necessarily going to let his own Barbarian try to hit him with an axe. He's going to use his turns to... Either put down the barbarian in a hostile way yeah. or back up. Right. Or maybe
0: dom- re-dominate.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe he's
0: got to dominate the dominated monster because he's like, I can't I can't have my own guy hit me with the axe. So in some ways you end up like, yeah, okay, it didn't really work like you thought. But you took a round or two away from the barbarian or the other fighter, and you took a round away from the the, the thing he was going to go
1: kill because that thing's got to try to defensively yep. block that, which is great. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but if most encounters only last Six 10, or 10 or less rounds, an action or two from their side for an action of yours is yeah worthwhile. Right. If you can spend one action and cost them two,
0: three, four actions, that's exactly what Battlefield Control is all about. So, and it's also a nice thing with nice thing with battlefield controls. If you want don't want to be known as a killer GM, where you're just like your guy comes out and he just does empowered fireballs that maximize damage or whatever you want to call it, and he's just doing horrible amount of you know work on your players. These battlefield control spells are in some ways even more insidious. They're not endangering the party per se but they do endanger what they can do. It slows them down, which means they're going to apt to take more damage because they've slowed down. They can't just walk through things. And if you pair up a good level of a person with even just a handful of lower level people, just to, again, buy your, in this case, let's say you're buying your battlefield control wizard, your battlefield control druid or battlefield control cleric. If you buy them like three or four rounds before they're actually engaged by some of the like more melee fighters, that, that buying those arounds actually will make your entire thing go 10, 15 rounds, which is a really amount of taxing on mm-hmm. the players, their resources, their spells, their hit Definitely. points. And if your players are just walking through stuff too easily, this is exactly what I'd recommend doing is throwing in some sort of magic level person who's really, maybe doesn't do any damage, but really can, really consumed about, Hey, that fighter now is charmed. They're not going to hurt their people, but they're not going to hurt me either or my friends. So now I've just rendered the fighter player worthless. He's Mm -hmm. just standing there telling people, don't fight. Don't fight. Please don't fight. I don't like it when my friends fight, which is great. And now he's out of the combat for literally the entire point of the combat. Yeah. He's not a threat. And that's the great part. He's not a threat. And now when they use their damage, you know, they use their fighter to do a lot of damage. He's not doing any damage. means the fight's going to last even longer. Mm Mm-hmm. And everyone can ignore them, which is maybe even the worst diabolical part of it. So battlefield control isn't doing damage, but it is shaping how the battlefield is is working. It also shapes how people are interacting with it. And I like battlefield control spells in a lot of ways more than I like damage-dealing spells for my wizards. That said, um, look for a link from us shortly and go to our webpage, which is on SkullRPG.com to... Uh, find deals there. Also, uh, we have a, uh, a way to do DMing in 3X for free. It just kind of explains the whole concept. You can sign up for that there. If you sign up, any new books we have coming out, we hope to have one book coming out shortly within the next couple of days of this releasing. We also have uh, two or three other books slated to come out pretty quickly on its heels and maybe another book on top of that maybe in early February. So there's some really good stuff coming. If you're on one of our mailing lists, and we give out any books for free, which we do uh, occasionally, you will get first crack at those. So it may behoove you to go get a free course on how to do three act um, campaigns, which is really helpful and learn how to tell your story and as like a play, but also have the ability to get, you know, honestly, you know, three to $5 worth of products free right away, but continually get three to $5 worth of product free from us um, as far as life goes on. You know, it could be years of that. So anyway, check us out, uh, skullrpg.com. Also, show notes. Uh, We have a link to our current book, also a link to some of our courses. In there, you'll find the free course there. Check it out, and we'll see you tomorrow.
1: Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to skullrpg.com.